morning. Last week, Paul introduced you to Ben and Sarah. Ben is a pastor's son. Not a caricature pastor's son, but, uh, you know, actually really a good kid. Someone that follows Jesus, called into ministry. Sarah, she was abused when she was younger, and so when... um, When it comes to her worth and her self-worth, she feels the most uh, worthy in sexual activity. And uh, during college, she she got involved with this guy. He was a DJ at a strip club. And her family wasn't going to pay for school, so somebody had to. And so he introduced her, and she started stripping in order to pay for school. Well, someone shared the gospel with Sarah, and over time she came to know Christ. And she ended up in uh, the church that uh, Ben's father was the pastor. And then, and then Ben and Sarah met each other. They got interested in each other, and they started dating. That's when the whispers started flying, and the rumors started flying. And, and a pastor's son would never date somebody like that. Somebody called into ministry should never date anybody like that. Well, they ended up getting married. It actually became too overwhelming for them in that church. But God moved them to another church. He became youth minister in another church. And, 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 and they loved them for who God was making them into. His youth ministry was going well. And she was growing. And she found her worth in, 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 in being identified with Christ. And, and things were well. And they had their first kid. And then they had another one. And then they had their third kid. Ben doesn't quite know when exactly it happened, but one day he realized that she started to feel distant from him. He'd take her on dates. He, 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 he would, he would uh, cherish her with words. He would spend time with her. He would bring gifts and flowers. And, and he, he, would, he would do stuff around the house, but nothing seemed to work. And when he talked to her about it, he she would just kind of dismiss it and, oh, everything's okay and you're fine and everything's good, but he knew something wasn't right. She became more aloof from the kids and more aloof from even church. Spending more time at work till one night he went to bed and normal, she'd still be at work. The next morning he woke up and the side of the bed was still vacant. She didn't come home. With the kids getting up in a, just, just a matter of minutes, what, what is he going to do? What is he going to say? Is he going to lie to them? Oh, mommy had to go back into work. Is he going to try and distract them? Will he just say, I don't know? The kids got up and they started asking about mommy. And he, tried to, he, tried to, he tried to get them around quick and distract them and not say a whole lot and, and get them to school as quick as possible. And he went into work, but of course, his mind wasn't in it. His wife was missing. He came home just knowing she'd be back home, right? Came home to an empty house. Kids came home from school, dinner, nothing. What does he do? He, 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 
remembers the whispers and the rumors and, and can he trust a church again with this? And he just, he just doesn't know if he can let his heart go. He only knows one police officer, but he goes to that church. Can he trust him? And finally, he did call this buddy police officer and said, you can't tell anybody right now, but Sarah hasn't come home. I haven't seen her in a day and a half. She hasn't come home. You, can you help me? He says, I, I, I won't tell anybody, and yes, I'll help you. Start the process here down at the station. He ended up calling his pastor. He had a good relationship with his pastor. And, and he said, you can't tell anybody. I don't know what to do, but Sarah hasn't come home in a day and a half. You've got to pray. Pastor prayed and said, I won't, I won't tell anybody about this. The week wore on and Sunday's coming, right? What do you do? What do you say? What's going to happen when you show up? The youth minister shows up and, the, and his wife is missing. Friday night, it gets a knock on the door. And there's this police officer, Buddy, and he goes, we've found Sarah. She's okay. We saw her going into a strip club. I'm sorry, but it looks like she's gone back. I can go pick her up if you would like and bring her home. And bows his head. Silence. The wave of emotion coming over him. Sadness and anger and despair and disappointment and everything else. And looks back up and says, no, I'll, I'll take care of it. Thank you. His buddy leaves and he falls to his knees just weeping. He calls his pastor and says, the kids are in bed. I've got to go out. Can you come and just be in our house? pastor does and Ben goes and sits in the parking lot of, of the strip club that she was at waiting for her to come outside and finally she does during a break and he goes up to her and says I love you I love the person that God was making you into come home for the kids for me come home and as she was getting ready to say no unbeknownst to him her two pimps came up behind Ben and the next thing he remembers is waking up in the hospital beaten within an inch of his life. Now the cat's out of the back and everybody's got an opinion and everybody's got a, got a rumor and everybody's got a whisper and everybody's got advice and that advice is leave her. You and the kids, leave her. Take care of, take care of them. You can't. It's well enough to get out of the hospital. He has a new plan. With a limp in his step, he walks into the office of those two pimps with his new plan. Paul kicked us off last week with Tainted Love, a series about getting free from sin. And last week he talked about the recognition we have to have in our own lives about the sin that we have. And that we feel like we, 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 we have tainted love towards God and will he turn away from us? But the story of Hosea, Hosea, thanks Paul, Hosea, is God telling us, no, I will not turn my back on you, but I need you to recognize your sin first. 
And the second thing we've got, to, we've got to recognize, actually the second thing we've got to experience is actually redemption. And I found probably the best movie line for redemption you can ever have. Here it is. You know, Lloyd, just when I think you couldn't possibly be any dumber, you go and do something like this. And totally redeem yourself! <laughs> so wanna go to Aspen? Oh yeah! Okay, let's go, buddy! So Lloyd completely redeemed the relationship that they had. Redemption is buying back by a ransom price, and a moped was the ransom price of that relationship's redemption. And last week we saw uh, Hosea, who is a prophet of God, think Old Testament preacher. God showed up to Hosea some way, somehow, showed up to Hosea and said, I want you to go marry a prostitute, which is on the bucket list of every prophet, right? We don't know what Hosea went through. We don't know if he bartered with God. We don't know if he said, hey, why don't you send Isaiah? He'll be good. Or why don't you send Micah? He'll be good. Or no, 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 I got it. Jonah, he ran away from you. This would be perfect for Jonah. All we know is that he went and he did. And this was a picture of God's relationship with his people and how his people kept turning to prostitution and how his people kept turning their back on him and how his people had tainted love towards God. But God's saying, I'm not going to walk away, but I've got to get your attention and let you recognize your sin. And today we're going to pick up the story in Hosea chapter 3. You can follow along in the Bible app. I encourage you. We've also got a link and the resources that you can follow along at as well. Uh, if you save, if you like to go back and look at the scriptures again, you need to save those that that this event with the new uh, uh, way that uh, the YouVersion app is doing this. You've got to save that event in order to be able to go back and, and look at that again. But we've got all those scriptures together. We're going to be in Hosea chapter 3. And the continuation of the story of Hosea and Gomer but more importantly, God and his people. Then the Lord said to me, go again, show love to a woman who is loved by another man and is an adulteress. Some people think that this is God telling Hosea to go find another woman who is an adulteress, but I don't think so. I think that Gomer was overwhelmed by her past and went back to her past because it just, it just has that lure back, uh, uh, to, to, to lure your ba- you back. And I believe that God is telling, telling Hosea, go back and get her back again. Why? Because just as the Lord loves the Israelites, though they turn to other gods and love raisin cakes. My first love, I was three, four, five years old. My first love, my dad was a manager at Hardee's. And um, my first love was being able to go to Hardee's early in the morning and, and, and have me some cinnamon raisin biscuits. That was my first love. Even if the cook got it wrong and got him a little bit too hard, you know, like, like it'd be a rock you could throw through plate grass, put that icing on and you could still eat that rock. 
But when they got it right, when they got it right, and they probably cooked it just a little too, too little, 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 not, just not enough, but they were, they, were, they were flaky, and they were soft, and they were cinnamony, and they were raisiny, and you put that icing over them. Oh, oh my first love. Maybe you're wondering, what on earth does raisin cakes and cinnamon raisin biscuits have anything to do with anything? Well, the prostitution we're talking about, Gomer was a temple prostitute. See, fertility gods in this day, uh, uh, if you wanted a kid or if you wanted rain to come down to feed you, to, to water your crops so you had a good crop, you went and you visited a fertility god. And the fertility gods uh, demanded that in order to worship, you had sex with the temple prostitute. And raisin cakes were seen as an aphrodisiac of that day. And so you'd walk in, you would get your raisin cake, and then you would go visit this prostitute. What God is saying here is this. You are turned on by idols. You are turned on by idols. But did you catch it? Just as the Lord loves the Israelites, even though they turn back to idols. Even though we're, we're turned on by idols, God loves us anyways. I don't know what your idol is that you get turned on by, but God loves you through that. I know what it is for my life. What is it for yours that you just keep being turned on by and getting pulled back to? And I know in my life, even though I would turn away and get turned on by idols, he would still pull my heart back. He would still bring me back because he loved me. And he still loves you. Even though you feel like you have tainted love, he loves you and will not turn his back on you. How does he prove it? Hosea 3.2 so I bought her. Hosea bought Gomer for 15 shekels of silver and five bushels of barley. What's going on here? I think a couple of things are going on here. First of all, the, 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 the redemption price or the ransom price for a slave was 30 uh, shekels of silver. So why 15 and some barley? Did they want to make beer or something? No, I don't think so. That fell flat. Sorry. Um, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think so. This isn't you use barley, right? Anyway. Hops? Maybe hops. Okay. What's going on here? Well, I think this is all Hosea had. I think he was telling whoever ran that prostitution ring, saying, this is all I've got, but I want my wife back. I want my wife back. This is all I've got. And I think the guy that led the prostitution ring looked at Hosea, looked at the stuff, looked at Gomer, shook his head and chuckled and said, Ten years and three babies. She ain't kicking it like she used to. She's worthless to me now, especially compared to this. Yeah, absolutely take her. Doesn't sin devalue us? Doesn't sin devalue us in our own eyes? Don't we feel worthless? Why is that? Because Satan whispers in our ear, God doesn't love you anymore. There's no way. Look at what you've done. There's no way. 
But just as Hosea pushed all that he had on that table to that, to, to that prostitution ring leader, he pushed all he had across the table. God has pushed all he had, has, has across eternity to tell us that he loves us. That's the message of Easter. That's the message of the cross. Pushing all he has across the table of eternity to tell us that he loves us and that we are valued by him. The fact that he sent his one and only son to die on the cross so that whoever believes in him will have eternal life. That's not just heaven. That is eternal life now. That's the freedom from sin, the freedom from death, the freedom from destruction, the freedom from guilt, the freedom from shame, the freedom from all of that because he died on that cross paying the ransom price. Redemption is paying the ransom price. The ransom price for sin is death. But it's got to be a perfect death, so we can't die it. Well, we can die it, but we can't die that perfect death. We can die it, die it, but we can't die. Okay. Thank you, Lori. Appreciate it. Good job, Lori. All right. We can't die that perfect death. But Jesus could, and he did, to prove that he loves us. To prove that we are still valued in his eyes. To prove that he wants us to be free from sin. But how do we re- respond to him? First part of these verses, we're going to actually deal more with next week. It's really the last little bit that I want us to focus on. But I said to her, you must live with me many days. Don't be promiscuous or belong to any man and I'll act the same way towards you. For the Israelites must live many days without king or prince, without sacrifice or sacred pillar, and without ephod or household idols. Afterward, the people of Israel will return and seek the Lord their God and David their king. They will come with all to the Lord and to his goodness in the last days. He wants us to bring everything that we have to him. What? In awe of him. Not in awe of his power, not in awe of his creative majesty, but in awe of his goodness, in awe of his love, in awe of the fact that he gave everything that he had to buy us back from the slavery of sin, in awe of that, in awe of the love that that took him to the cross on purpose. But we need to be careful. There's a big difference between redemption and making restitution. We can't make restitution. See, we try. We tell God, here's my tithe. I want to buy back your love. Here's my church attendance. I want to buy back your love. Here's my Bible reading. I want to buy back your love. Here's my prayer. I want to buy back your love. Here's my promises. I'll never do this again, Lord. I want to buy back your love. Here is my service. I want to buy back your love. Here is, here is my morality. I want to buy back your love. God says, keep it all. Because I've got all of that in unlimited abundance. I don't need it. What I want you to give to me is the only thing that you have that I don't have. Wait a minute, we have something that God doesn't have? Yes, yes, yes. He wants us to give all of ourselves to Him in this one area that we have that He doesn't have. Sin. Sin. Isn't that the one thing we have He doesn't have? But what's the message of the cross? That I want 
your sin. I want your sin on my shoulders so you do not have to carry the weight of your sin anymore. That's the message of the cross. But it doesn't end there. Matthew 28, 1 says this. Early on Sunday morning, as a new day was dawning, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went out to visit the tomb. And an earthquake rattled, rattled, rattled creation. And the the stone was rolled away. An angel sitting up on the stone saying, he ain't here. It's a redneck version, but it works. Go tell the boys. Go meet him in Galilee, just like he said, because he ain't here. And what that message is saying, he died with our sin on his shoulders. He carried that sin to the grave, and boom, he came out of the grave, leaving the sin behind and allowing us to live in freedom without sin if we have faith in him. But I think Matthew was very intentional. Put that back up there. Put that back up there. Very intentional. Well done. As the new day was dawning, I think he was intentional. He was saying, a new day has dawned. A new day has dawned. He's out of the tomb. A new day has dawned. And a new day can dawn for you as well. If you have faith in Jesus. Ben limped into the office of those pimps. Cain in one hand. Briefcase in the other. And that briefcase held every dollar that he owned. Savings, 401k, checking. And he put that briefcase up on the desk, opened it up and said, I want my wife back. This is everything I have. I want my wife back. And the two pimps look at each other, look at the money, look at Ben, chuckle and say, (laughs) 10 years and three kids. She ain't kicking it anymore. She's of no value to us, especially compared to that. Yeah, you can take her, but I don't know why you'd want her. Ben looks at him and says, because I love her. And because I love the person that God was making her into. And hobbles back downstairs. In time to watch her finish her act. It was early in the day, so not many people were there. And as she comes off the stage, she goes up to her, looks her in the eye and says, I love you, and I love the person that God was making you into. They do not want you anymore. Let's go home. And he puts the coat around her that he got out of their closet. And he puts the wedding ring on her that he got off of their, their bathroom counter. And he takes her to the car. And as they turn west out of the strip club, the sun is setting. The sun is setting on that day. But a new dawn is coming for Ben and Sarah. And a new day can dawn for your life as well. God loves you, and He loves the person He wants to make you into. And the first step to finding that is committing. Committing to Jesus, committing your life to Jesus, and saying, I will give you the only thing you don't have my sin. I don't want it anymore. I want free from the slavery. 
I invite you to commit to hear and follow Jesus and simply saying, I want to be free. I want a new day to dawn and I want to see what person you want to make me into. There's going to be people around the room in the back not to bring condemnation, not to bring shame, not to, not to remind you of your sin, but rather to help you be free and they want to pray with you because they want a new day to dawn for you and they want to see who you can become because of Jesus. So we have this time of reflection. Reflect on the redemption and the new day Jesus wants to give you. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you for this time. I pray, Lord, that we will recognize that and experience your redemption, your freedom. Help us. Flood somebody's heart with your love this morning. Help us see. We just thank you and we love you. In your name we pray. Amen.